when a lady is in Idda, then there are three things which are not permissible. Number one, you cannot marry her. Another man cannot marry her, nor should another man make an explicit direct proposal to her, nor should any man make a firm promise that he would like to marry her. So he can't come to her and say, I would like to marry you, or I will marry you, uh, you know, after your idda. That type of discussion shouldn't take place. But what is permissible is for a person, for a male, to make an indirect hint that he wants to marry her or to have that desire in his heart. So he can say something indirect like that, you know, I'm intending to marry soon. Or he may say something that, may Allah grant you a pious husband, hinting that I'm the pious guy. <laughs> so those are what is permissible. Now Allah Rabbul Izzah says, وَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي مَا أَرَّضْتُمْ بِي مِنْ خِدْبَةِ النِّسَاءِ There is no problem on you if you make a subtle proposal. Not a direct one, a subtle one. أَوَكْنَنْتُمْ فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ Or you have the thought hidden in your heart. That is fine. أَلِمَ اللَّهُ أَنَّكُمْ سَتَذْكُرُونَهُنَّ Allah knows well that you will start talking about the, divo- the lady who is in a idda, who is single now. وَلَكِنْ لَا تُوَاعِدُوهُنَّ سِرًّا But do not promise her clearly except that you speak in a cordial manner, in an appropriate manner. وَلَا تَعْزِمُ أُقْتَةَ And do not resolve to make nikah until the stipulated time has passed, which is four months and ten days, 130 days. And Allah warns us in the end of the verse, وَأَلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ Know well that Allah knows what is in your hearts, فَحْذَرُوا So fear Him. وَأَلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ حَلِيمٌ And know that Allah is most forgiving and most tolerant. Ummi Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha says that one day her husband Abu Salma came home and he narrated a hadith of Nabi Sallallahu that if any difficulty comes upon you, then read inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un and make the dua, Allahumma ajurni fi musibati wa khlifli fiha bi khair. That oh Allah, grant me reward in my difficulty and grant me something better than this. And she says what happened to her was in the third year of after Hijrah, the battle of Uhud took place. Her husband Abu Salama got injured. And as a result of his injuries, after a few months, he passed away. And she says she thought about this dua. And she read it, but she was wondering to herself that who could be better than Abu Salama? Dua says, grant me better. Who can be better than Abu Salama? You know, like they say that women will praise their husbands before they marry them and after they're dead. So who could be better than Abu Salama? But she read the dua with conviction. And uh, she says that after that, Sayyidina Abu Bakr proposed, she said no. Sayyidina Umar proposed for her, she said no. Then Nabi Salaam proposed for her. And uh, she obviously had some reservations at this time. She wanted to say no. Uh, so Nabi Salaam asked her about her reservation. She said that I have three issues. Firstly, uh, you know, I have jealousy in my heart. The second is I have become a bit old. And the third is that I have children. So Nabi Salaam said, as for your jealousy, I will make dua that Allah takes it away. As for the fact that you've become old, I'm also old. And the fact that you have children, your children will become my children. And she says, that is, after that she married Nabi Salaam and she says, I realized the beauty of the dua of Nabi Sallallahu Now many times when a husband passes away, then uh, 
in our society, it has almost become taboo for the lady to remarry. And you ask the lady, why do you not want to remarry? She says, no, I want to be with my first husband in Jannah. There is a narration to that effect, but there's also a narration to the effect that the lady will have a choice. She'll choose the husband which has better akhlaq and she'll be with him in Jannah. So there's another incentive to improve your akhlaq <laughs> because your wife will choose. So that is uh, another narration. And we shouldn't look at this in a taboo manner. If you look at you know, the lives of the Sahabiyat, there were those who chose not to remarry and this was for the sake of their children to bring them up to create an environment for them that is suitable because in certain instances, if a lady remarries someone who's not a mahram for that child, then she lose the rights of guardianship and custody of that child. So there were those who chose not to remarry and there were those who chose to remarry multiple times. Sayyidina Ja'far was married to Sayyida Asma binti Umais. Sayyidina Ja'far passed away. He was martyred in the battle of Muta. Then in the battle of Hunayn, so Sayyida Asma bint Umais was now a single lady. In the battle of Hunayn, uh, just around that time, Sayyidina Abu Bakr's wife passed away. Nabi Sallallahu got Sayyidina, Sayyidina Asma bint Umais married to Sayyidina Abu Bakr. Sayyidina Abu Bakr lived for two and a half years after Nabi Sallallahu passed away. Sayyidina Asma bint Umais then married Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. So it was such an easy-going way, approach to life, that when your husband passed away, they got married, and that way there was protection. There were also those who then chose not to remarry. So there is precedent of both, but obviously it shouldn't be that we just do not want our, you know, the, the ladies to remarry, and that creates certain fitna, where there's a fear of fitna, where there's you know, the needs, then we shouldn't be the hindrance in this regard. May Allah Rabbul Izzah grant us the understanding.